Let's play a little game of ketchup while I put some ketchup on my ketchup to put some fries in this ketchup. So keep up! So keep the up. snake is finishing up a tasty lunch at the Tin Pickle in Florida, having just checked out the St. Augustine Lighthouse's rumor of creepy kids. But right now, the only creepy kid is the one eyeballing my fries. Take a hike, spark plug. Go talk to that disposable income machine you call a dad. We're fresh out of fries here. All right. Take it. I went to Miami for some much-needed R&R, headed down to the Keys to meet my pal the historian, and got an intro to Robert the Doll. That Auntie Annabelle gave Snake a heads-up and probably prevented a nasty accident on the way back to Magic City. Thought I'd finish off this downtime before hammerdown time with a quick bite at this beastly beacon in St. Aug. And here I sit, taking a ketchup on ketchup moment, catching you up while trying to get caught up on my backlog of emails. Even my ELD doesn't bring me as much grief as emails. Snake, we got a ghastly ghost in Georgia. Snake, what about this menacing monster in Mississippi? Snake. There's a shadowy specter in South Carolina. Look, I don't care what's going on with Lindsey Graham's career. Snake doesn't do politics. And I really don't want to hear about the cackling clown with a cleaver under a bridge in Virginia. Make a bumper sticker. Virginia is for cackling clowns with cleavers. So, you can imagine my momentary relief when I spotted a missive from one of Snake's best buds, Forought. Tough guy, hails from Missouri, the show me state. Four audit show me the Momo monster, and we'd spent a fateful night in that state's lamp house. Look it all up! I ain't doing the heavy lifting around here. That's more than enough terra not so firmer covered in one lifetime, so I figured he was writing to say howdy and give me the lowdown on how he was keeping his head down. I figured wrong. I think. It's best to just share the email with you, and you can make of it what you want. I hate to bother you, Snake, and normally I wouldn't do this, but it involves my girl Jen. Nice lady, Jen, got guts. She said I should reach out to you before something reaches out for us. Even then, I thought it was asking too much, but I hear you're in Florida so maybe you would check it out. A while back, a good friend of mine, Walt, passed away and left a widow, Debbie, in Mayo, Florida. We check on her from time to time before enjoying a bit of a break on the Gulf Coast. We head across the Panhandle on the 10 towards Mobile and then New Orleans before jumping on the 55 to start those 10 hours to Missouri. But it was right at the Florida-Bama line the trouble began. There is less than an hour between Pensacola and Mobile, but Jen and I were about to begin the longest trip of our lives. You get so used to a strip of road, you don't notice something is off until you're off course. After about 15 minutes, I began to realize we were alone, and I mean alone. It was only 10.30 at night, so we should have seen at least our road dog brothers doing their job, not to mention the late rush to Mobile. But when I say no one, I mean no one. And then it dawned on me. The only lights around us 
were the lamps of my grandpa's Nissan pickup. I'm talking country roads dark. I tried to put on the GPS. No go. Satellite radio. Gone. We were in a cold spot. Then our phones went dead. The clock in the truck scrambles. And regular radio, just static, with only a voice occasionally cracking through. It kept saying, Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. This went on for what felt like hours. And not an exit in sight. Forget about fast food joints, gas stations, an occasional farm, or even the distant glow of a city. There weren't even the regular reflective green signs. No signs, no lights, no exits. And then we saw it. A billboard. Lit up with purple and red lights. A truck stop. Next exit ramp. Hurry up and wait. Wait. Spelled with an E. And the catchphrase added. We'll get you back where you want to go. Including back in the day. I got all of that because it was on the next sign as well. They just reversed the pitch. We'll get you back where you want to go. Including back in the day. Hurry up and wait. Next stop. And above both signs, in neon, was a cowboy whose smile flashed every time the lights changed. When we got to the ramp, instead of an exit sign, there was a final billboard. Same smiling cowboy, right above those words. You're here. Hurry up and wait. It didn't feel right, Snake, but I told you how long we'd been on the road... I was sitting on a pee, and we had no idea where we were, so we decided to pull over. I'd hit the head, get our bearings. The hurry up and wait was a lot of things, all at once. Old and new, gross but seductive-like, like nothing we'd ever seen, while being all too familiar. And so much light, making so many shadows. And that awful smiling cowboy? Everywhere. On the sign where you pulled in. On the building on the fuel island and pumps. And even painted right on the ground at the truck parking entrance. And that's where we pulled next to. Jen told me to look where all the rigs were parked. In the back of the lot were a scattered group of silhouettes mulling around. But they didn't look big enough to be drivers. My first thought? Couldn't believe it. Were they lot lizards? I mean, I know they're still a thing, but not in those big a numbers. I didn't want to leave Jen and the Nissan, but she didn't want to come in with me. Don't be long. A group of drivers was gathered in front of the building, and while I didn't know any of them individually, I knew their type all too well. Over fifty, surly, with their lonely, cheated-by-the-world look, and they were listening to a fella give him a pitch. But I didn't hear what he was saying at first, because I was too surprised at how he looked. He was the spitting image of the smiling cowboy. Once I got over that, I was able to focus on what he was saying. Are you palfaged of not getting your due? Tired of them asking you for more while giving you less? Want things the way you heard they used to be? Well, you don't have to wait too much longer at the hurry up and wait because the recruiter will soon be here. I didn't have time to let him finish, 
let alone figure out what Powphaged meant. I guess tired, and certainly no time to wait for the guy he was talking about, the recruiter, and since none of his audience seemed to be the kind of folks willing to help me, I headed on in. The truck stop, old school, the kind that Steely Dan didn't want to go back to. That same cowboy face with the same shit-eating grin was on the wall facing you. Coffee was fresh, but only two kinds. Regular and unleaded, a lot of junk food, a ton of tinfoil wrap sandwiches, and a lot of hot dogs rolling themselves shriveled. And a lot of garbage. I don't mean garbage as in the place was dirty. Whatever was off, it was tight, bright, with everything just right for anyone looking to maintain their type 2 diabetes. I mean garbage as in knickknacks, paddywhacks, and tchotchkes. All that overpriced made-in-China crapola that used to stock shelves in the hope kids would pester their moms and pester their dads enough to do a shut-up purchase. But no kids were buying any of these. And I'm not talking naked lady pens. Too many funky eyes, too many unbalanced mouths, and other qualities you don't want to be facing on t-shirts, nightlights, and figurines before you went to bed. And even though it was as clean as a whistle, the place still felt off, like a party that went sideways and happened the night before. And despite all that cleaner on top of a layer of bleach, there was still something lurking underneath. But I had to go. I beeline for the bathroom. Darn place still had a functioning condom machine. Who has that? But now... I just wanted to do my business, just get out of there. But when I finished up and turned to go, it started. A rattling and a moaning from the back stall. I should have just took off, but those moans sounded something awful, and I just had to ask. You all right back there? And after one more moan, it started. It's not me. It's not me. She's not me. And I asked, who's not you? The girl behind the counter is not me. I asked if they wanted me to get them some help. No one here can. No one here wants to. I told them I wanted to. And then they said, and that's why you should leave. Now. When someone gives you the same advice you've been giving yourself, it's best to listen. Didn't bother drying my hands, I just walked out, and before I could get out the door, she was leaning against the counter, staring at me. It was like seeing double, a skinny, sharp thing with quality tats. She was head to toe in denim that looked like it had been tailored, and right behind the counter, with that same smart-ass smirk, was a picture of her that looked like it could have been taken a moment earlier. Underneath it, it said, Ace Weight, Manager. And right next to that was another photo of a scowling old man, Ephraim Weight, Owner. I'm Ace. So says the sign. Ace the name your people gave you? Actually, it's Aesneth. But who wants to go by that? I then asked, The other photo? That's your dad? That's my grandpa. I reckon you're running to him in the bathroom. I pointed out he didn't seem okay. She pointed at the picture. He's never been okay. His brains have been turning to mush for years. Gets worse at night. He goes and hides in the bathroom. 
I asked if she was going to get him, and she said, Soon as you leave, do you need anything else? Or just using our facilities? Would you like me to buy something? And she smiled and said, No need. Despite that Nissan you come in, you're obviously a trucker. And we're here. For you guys. Snake, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why I hadn't asked her how to get out of there. And then she said, But you could do me a favor, and yourself a solid as well. On the way out, give old Charlie Ward a listen. He's the cowboy talking to folks, and he's got something really important to say. I mumbled something of thanks, turned to go, and then finally pulled it together. How do I get back to Mobile, I asked her. And she got this smile like she'd been caught. You're almost there, Forot. Pull right back on the west ramp. You'll see it soon enough. Did I tell her my name? I turned to go again. I got to the door and I heard, But give Charlie a listen. He'll take real good care of you. But Snake, it wasn't her voice. She sounded like an old man. I didn't say a word. I just walked out the door. And there was Charlie. Big cowboy hat and all. Said he'd just finished up with a group of truckers and wanted just a moment of my time. Time? What time was it? I hadn't seen a single clock. I was going to ask him, but he was already into his spiel. He gripped my hand firm and pulled me in real close. But for all that smiling, there was nothing in his eyes. He flashed a business card in my face long enough for me to read it. The recruiter with a phone number right under it. He jams it in my top pocket and he puts his finger in my chest and he says, if you're ever unhappy with your driving situation and want to get back to the way things used to be, you just give that man on that card a call. No reason for you to be so palfaged. And I was double timing it back to the Nissan. Jen was not happy. She was panicked. Snake, she told me I had been gone for what felt like half an hour. But before I can even process that, she tells me to look to my left. Those silhouettes, what I thought were lot lizards, had shuffled their way a whole lot closer to the pickup. Lot lizards, I've been wrong about both halves. Whatever they were, they weren't lizards, and they didn't come from no lot. And we weren't going to stick around to figure out either part. I floored the Nissan out of the stop and back onto the entrance ramp. And once the adrenaline had gone, it was all over. I have never been so glad to see golden arches or names like Arby's, Shell, and Days Inn. The road signs returned, and we found ourselves passing Spanish Fort, and that meant the Mobile Bridge, and that meant 13 miles to the city. On the ride across, I told Jen what happened and ended my tale by handing her the card. She asked me what the hell it meant. I said it was the name and number of the fella Charlie Ward wanted me to look up. But when she handed me the card back, Snake, all that was on it was something that looked like a stick figure of a dragonfly. I hate to ask you, but I know you ran into that recruiter fella at Crybaby Bridge, and I know... He gave you a card. Have you looked at it since? Anything you can do to help put Jen at ease would be much appreciated. 
Yours truly, Forot. I still have that card, and no, I haven't looked at it since. I have been waiting to end my snakecation, but maybe snakecation ends with this email. I'll take another look. But no matter what I find, Forot's letter alone means reaching out to the region of the reasonable, Claire Marie. and the picture of the business card. So, it turns out you had the symbol in place of the name and number as well, huh? Now that is spooky. I'm going to ask around about the photo. It's going to take some digging. Uh, without the physical card to analyze, you're going to have to give me a little time on this one. Forod and Jen's run-in with the truck stop has me a bit baffled. There just aren't a lot of reports of Paranormal encounters with an entirely corporeally populated location that wasn't there before or since the encounter. What they experience is more of a literary trope than a recurring paranormal experience. Essentially, they went to an awful brigadoon, minus the goodwill and songs. But I was inspired, so I'm putting something together about the trope for my Catalogia Mysterium series. And it's a good chance to figure out what is up with the hurry up and wait. But, yeah, one more thing you'll have to wait for. <laughs> Am I right? Bear with me, though. I think I got something for you. The email said Jen and Forot reemerged from the darkness around Spanish Fort, Alabama, right? If that's the case, it wouldn't put them too far from Blakely, one of Alabama's most famous ghost towns. In fact, it's the same exit. Blakely was the original county seat. Alabama's biggest Civil War battle happened there. It, it's easy to visit, set up for tourists, got some typical tales of you know, hanging oaks, Confederate soldier sightings, mysterious antebellum ladies. You get the idea. It's a state park. It's lovely. No biggie. Scouts camp there. So what's so interesting about it? It's Founder, a mysterious fella by the name of Josiah Blakely. Self-described as an entrepreneur and adventurer, Blakely leaves Connecticut for Massachusetts under a cloud of suspicion in the late 1790s and then gets thrown out of Massachusetts as well, for the exact same reason. He was not only using swamps to run contraband, but also conducting strange ceremonies in them. That means neither the local law enforcement nor his neighbors liked him. I guess he wanted to get as far away as possible from his past because he heads down south to Alabama, when the place is still under Spanish control. Manages to somehow purchase 7,000 acres from another strange American of shadowy origins, a physician named Joseph Chastung, are all these Americans getting permission to own large blocks of land still controlled by a foreign monarchy? It's miraculous. It's like they know the Louisiana Purchase is coming. And in 1803, it does. Blakely's sitting on 7,000 acres, and he's got plans. Blakely recruits his fellow Americans from the Kentucky and Tennessee territories to join him on the property. His promise? To create a town that would, and I quote, wipe out the Indian memories and carry a Yankee name down to posterity. You can look that up. Those swamps he got thrown out of north, they have names. The Pacha Great Meadow Swamp in Connecticut and the Hockamock in Massachusetts. Both are infamous for the murders of Native Americans by colonists. And neither one has shook those spirits yet. Take a look at a topographical map around Blakely. The whole place is surrounded by the Mobile Tensaw Delta. It's one big swamp and the perfect place to run illegal goods under cover of darkness and through the deep waters of Mobile Bay. And 
It's covered in Native American burial grounds, which seems to be connected to his interest in conducting strange rituals. He'd found a Native American swamp right next to a place where he'd get to pick not only his neighbors, but the local law as well. And once he gets all his ducks in a row, it's easy. He gets legislative approval from the Mississippi Territory in 1813, and just like that, right across the bay from Mobile, Blakely is in business. Blakely is in business. And now, folks are looking the other way as strange sounds are coming from the Delta. Why wouldn't they? Contraband is pouring into the fledgling community, and even at its supplier's markup, it's still cheaper than market price, Blakely becomes the fastest-growing community in Alabama. But two years later, he's gone. Supposedly died from malaria after one of his trips to the swamp. But there's no gravestone. None. Man founded the town that would be the county seat for almost half a century, and there isn't a single marker other than his name on the town, to suggest that he was ever there. Not a trace. Now, that's all just creepy. And were it just that, and its proximity to Spanish Fort, it would be just another rabbit hole the internet took me down. Except I was able to find his full pitch to get settlers down to Blakely. I listen to this snake, and think about what Charlie Ward, that smiling cowboy, told Forat at the Hurry Up and Wait. <clears throat> Join us as we seek to wipe out the Indian memories and carry a Yankee name down to posterity. Are you palfaged from not reaping your overtoil, overdone with the fruits of your labor unreciprocated? Are you enwrapped with the possibility of returning to the garden at the beginning of all things? Your desires are not vanity. The beginning is before you because he who calls you to Blakely is already here. First of all, what are the chances of the word palfage turning up in both places? And when you compare that to the email, subtract the fancy pants words and Blakely's pitch is the exact same as Ward's. I'm going to keep looking into that and the business card, and as soon as I get anything, I'll be in touch. Snake, I think I found something on that business card. It's not good. Uh, you know that I-10 insurance scam over at the Louisiana-Texas border? Someone where all the folks were, like, ramming rigs to collect big settlements. There's over $3 million in fraudulent claims, dozens of indictments. Nasty. And there might be a connection to the card. I started asking around about a business card matching your photo, and one of the investigating detectives got back in touch with me. Rod Gabler. He might have something for you. You'll just have to listen to what he has to say. It gave me the creeps. But, Snake, you're stepping into something ugly. We're talking about witnesses being murdered here. There's rumors of Dixie Mafia, Russian gangsters. There's even a wild one about Venezuelan petro-oligarchs laundering cash to go legit. And this guy, Gabler, wouldn't talk about the card on the phone. Anything else, but not the card. He said he'd only do that in person, but that it'll make sense of everything. Gabler will meet you outside of Lake Charles at a diner of his own choosing. His number is five. Listen, Snake, you're gonna go where you're gonna go, but most of the scary stuff we deal with already dead. The folks you'll be looking into on this, very much alive. And they seem to have no compunction about killing anyone, including a federal agent. Alright, let me know what you find, and be careful.
This episode of Snake Pontchartrain's Places You Wouldn't Want to Go Unless You're With Snake Pontchartrain, The Hurry Up and Wait, was written by Jimmy Mack and starred Jimmy Mack as Snake Pontchartrain and Claire Marie Nemenich as Claire Marie. It was directed by Adriana Luciano and produced and designed by Claire Marie Nemenich. It can be found on the Podwheels Network, powered by Radio Nemo at podwheels.com and everywhere you listen to your podcast. For more information, head on over to SiriusXM 146 Road Dog Trucking Dave Nemo Weekends. That's from 6 to 10 in the center on Saturday and Sunday, 7 to 11 in the east.